Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season four of Living the Sky Life. Welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I always appreciate those of you who tune in every week for the new episodes and for all those who subscribe to Living the Sky Life. If you're not already a subscriber, I highly encourage you to go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a single episode alert when they drop. I also wanted to ask if you are listening on Apple iTunes, if you wouldn't mind taking a minute to go out and rate and review the podcast. Um, it always helps me with your feedback to know that I'm bringing you content that is informative and that you like listening to. Um, so without further ado, my guest today is Jody McCormick. Jody, a mom who hails from northern New Jersey with her gaffer husband, Frank, and two incredibly kind and creative children, Emily, who is 21, and Liam, who is 15. At the age of 14 months, Liam was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and began early intervention, OT, PT, and speech in the spring of 2009. While Liam could only say a few words and had to learn the simplest of tasks, he miraculously learned quickly and retained the information, allowing him to progress year after year. Liam's cognitive skills have always been quite high, yet he's consistently caught between two worlds, taking all inclusion and mainstream classes, but needing a self-contained setting during the day to decompress and calm his anxious mind. Early on, Liam's family knew he would draw to disconnect from a stressful situation or school day. In an effort to find a creative outlet for Liam and teach him about entrepreneurship, in 2020, Jody launched the Sticker Spectrum, an online sticker business with Liam as their artist and creative mind and Emily as their social media guru and web designer. The Sticker Spectrum has helped Liam with self-confidence as he is so proud to share his whimsical art with the world. Jody, Liam, and Emily look forward to celebrating their shop's three-year anniversary during Autism Acceptance Month in April. When they aren't eating, breathing, and dreaming about stickers, you can find them at a Broadway musical, seeing a movie, rocking out at a concert, or constantly obsessing over their adorable Boston Terrier, Harley Quinn. I've linked up the ways you can connect with Jody, um, and we kind of tackle some of the communication and the aspects of Liam's autism, which as she kind of pointed out early on um, to me when I reached out to her about being on the podcast, um, you know, that Liam is on the higher end of the spectrum or higher functioning end. And, you know, I always appreciate every single guest, every single story is unique. And as I told her, it doesn't really matter where our kids fall on the spectrum as far as their abilities or cognitive level or any of that. Every story is important. And I know that one of the listeners, if not many of the listeners, will relate to Jody's story, Liam's story, and their family. So please enjoy our conversation. So welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. I have the pleasure of talking to Jody McCormack today. Jody um, runs the social media pages, the Sticker Spectrum, which I first was introduced to when I received my Pampered Parent uh, monthly subscription box. And there were these amazing stickers in it. And I'm like, I've got to know more about this family and the <laughs> and these stickers and where it all originated. So Jody, thanks so much for agreeing to be on today. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, wonderful. I always like meeting people. Um, if we can call this meeting, I, I have so many friends that I've never <laughs> actually met other than through the Me camera. Too. But <laughs> I um I was so fascinated with um your family story when I went out to the website and I was reading all about Liam. Um, so 
I'm a big fan of his drawings and we'll get into all the sticker spectrum and okay. kind of how that came to be. Um, but you um, share on your website a little bit about the early years, um, you know, just getting a diagnosis for Liam um, of right. autism and being on the autism spectrum. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that? I know he is, is he 15 now? He's 15 now. He's God, 15. I mean, it's crazy. I didn't even, even like saying it. <laughs> just doing the math when I was reading about how, when he was born and his diagnosis and stuff, I'm like, so he was diagnosed at about 18 and a half months or so, right? Yeah. He, and it was even earlier that we knew we were very lucky to, and I feel like we are lucky because I do know a lot of different parents who, you know, found out much later and that kind of anguish that goes with that, not knowing what's, mm -hmm. what's happening, you know, there's something going on with your child. You're just not sure what, um, we knew very, very early. It was, mm -hmm. this was not also, I have an older daughter, so mm -hmm. I do have, did have her before him. So I kind of knew what should be happening or shouldn't be happening. Right. So that was actually very helpful as far as I was concerned. You know, it's, it is yeah. a little bit easier. But did you get um, a lot but, of yeah. the pushback of like, he's a boy, he's, they're slower oh, than girls. So don't worry. Yeah. When That's it's crazy. amazing how many people will say, and with good intentions, uh, oh, my son didn't talk till he was like three and a half or four. And you think, okay, well, thanks for that. That was, that was really <laughs> helpful. You know, people don't, they don't know, they don't understand. It's not mm -hmm. their fault. You know, they just want you to feel better. And I already knew, um, Liam actually spoke very early. Right. Uh, he was about seven and a half months old. And keep in mind, he had an older sister who was six, who hasn't stopped talking since. So <laughs> we have, a, a girls say a lot. Most yes. girls, you know, they do have a lot to say. So we think basically he would mimic her and she started talking and he would, uh, he loved Dora the Explorer. And I remember him saying all these words from that show. So we didn't even, you know, it didn't even occur to me, you know, what our future would hold. Um, and then what ended up happening was he just, he, um, he did go in, we had a doctor's appointment, nine and a half months, um, just a routine, uh, appointment he did get some vaccinations we came home a few hours later he had a seizure mm. and nothing was the same and and honestly and and not this is this is what happened it's just what happened uh -huh. I don't know why but he had a seizure he did not have any fever so it wasn't it was a little odd usually you get a you know so and from there, um, the seizures felt like it lasted an hour. It lasted maybe a minute. Uh, I went to the doctor the next day and things started changing from then on. Um, this is just what happened. I don't mm -hmm. know what caused it. It's just how it went. And after that, we started noticing his drop in speech. So whatever words he said kind of clicked off. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did. He always was, though, very a very sweet, very loving little kid. He wasn't... He never had behaviors mm -hmm. to this day. He does not have behaviors. And for anyone listening who might not have an autistic child, behaviors aren't about, you know, it's not always just tantrums and it's just, mm -hmm. it's he just it's never not always negative. Have, yeah. Not always negative. He just was kind of this chill kid. Um, he always had problems though. I should have known with, uh, you know, he, I, um, it was formula in bottles and he wasn't working well with those. Mm -hmm. uh, he used to sleep sitting up uh, for the beginning of his life. He couldn't sleep sitting down because he had reflux. Uh, he couldn't have the normular formula that my daughter had. So there were all these little strange little things which were a little different. So basically, you know, as the months progressed, once he became a year old, his birthday is in August, um, I started noticing that he just sort of sat there and looked up and a little bit later is when the wheels were spinning where they'll, he'll just take a little, let's say a toy car. And instead of doing what normal, and I hate the word normal, yeah, but typical, I know what you, you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, typically a child will take the car and kind of room it on the ground and, mm -hmm. you know, go from one place to another. Liam would literally just look at it and kind of spin the wheels as if, you know, I don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. And that really was from that point on was we are going to have to teach Liam everything, everything. Um, I did go to the doctor. I also am a very, and I've heard many of your listeners, they, just, they take the bull by the horns and they run with it. And I think we have to find our inner strength 
as as parents because it's very daunting to go to a doctor and say, I think there's something wrong with my child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think it's scary. And we all have children assuming that everything is going to be just beautiful. Isn't mm -hmm. it all beautiful? Uh, so I had to do that. I had to go to the doctor and say, there's something wrong with my child. And when that time came, no matter what a doctor says, you have to stand by your convictions and you have to proceed with, you know, how you feel, you know, would, would most benefit your child. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard though, if it's your first, because you don't know what to expect. And for some people it's hard with the second or third. It's just, you have to do what you feel that you must. And I was like, there's something wrong. Luckily, uh, the doctor said, hey, go get, go get them tested. So, um, and that's what we did, developmental pediatrician. That was our next step. They put your child through some, a series of tests, which essentially are, you know, here's a bridge of blocks. They they want this little baby to kind of build mm -hmm. this thing. And yeah. they want to, it's weird, so right? I just you kicked know, it over. <laughs> He's like, like yeah, but that's, <laughs> Liam just kind of looked at it, like, what exactly would you like me to do with these things? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and at the end of this meeting, you know, basically she looked at us that day. This was uh, October. So it was basically, he was like one, he was like 14 months old. Um, she said, well, your child has autism. <laughs> she just came out and said it. Um, what does that mean? He seems, he, he basically reacted the way she wanted him to, whatever that meant. Mm -hmm. it, he was, he was a little engaged. Although I saw him running around the room, mm -hmm. uh, he was a little engaged. And she said, uh, you know, with, with early intervention, by the time he's in kindergarten, I think everything will be, you know, everything will be fine or everything will be on the right track. And I thought, at least that's a positive uh, prognosis. Was, Most of us get like really, a negative one. <laughs> so. I agree. And, and honestly, you know, I have to say, um, I have this strange, you're right. And the more people I've known over these years, the more I listen to uh, podcasts, I listen to different parents, I have this strange survivor's guilt. It sounds really weird, but it's one of these things where, you know, Liam, every time he learned something, he took it, it absorbed, and he went to the next step. And there are days where, I feel emotional, not just because here's my child with autism, but I have a, a kid with a different kind of autism. And yeah. it's this strange feeling where I know your challenges and I think, well, you know, who am I to, to complain or, you know, about my child because he, he has made such strides and it's been amazing. So, you know, it's, we, it's a strange dynamic. If that yeah. Makes it does. And I'm really yeah. glad that you put words to that feeling and that you said that, because I'm sure there are a lot of people like you that feel that way. Mm -hmm. When I first started this podcast four years ago, I had a neighbor that lived down the street and I'm like, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? And she has a son on the spectrum too, but he mm -hmm. is so far, <laughs> the you couldn't get any more opposite than Skylar. I mean, there right. are definitely some, some things, but she's like, I don't know right. if, if you want me on there because even though Asperger's is kind of gone, she's like, you know, he's so high functioning that Mine too. people even question that he's autistic because they think autistic, right. they still think quirky and like Skylar, maybe they don't speak. And while I'm glad that the spectrum is, is people are more educated about how broad it is that there are children right. or adults that don't speak like Skylar. And then there are people who go to college, like Carrie Cariello's son and um, things like that. It's okay. Right. We're, I mean, I just, I feel bad that you would feel bad. And, and even my neurotypical <laughs> friends who have kids the same age, they're like, you know, I'll compliment something about their college or something that they posted. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I even worried about posting that because I don't want your feelings to be hurt that Skylar's, you know, not driving or whatever. And I'm like, please don't hold back. Cause of me, you have a life to live too. You should be so it's, proud of Liam and never hesitate. I, yeah. Post anything. It's, it's about true it. though. And I get your friend, I get mm -hmm. it. And I feel that way a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel because our children, uh, I, I had a, a, I have a very good friend who has a daughter. Uh, I, she's very similar to Skylar. Although I, I, I honestly feel Skylar, his communication is a little more than even, um, than hers is. And, um, one time I was, I was explaining to my friend something about, Oh, 
Liam has math homework and you know whatever it was. It was something, mm-hmm. it felt very trivial. Uh, and she said to me, she said, you know, because I felt very guilty about it. And what she said, which I've taken with me, she said, the difference is we all, you know, we're all in this club together. We may be in different corners of the room with different <laughs> concerns. She says, the difference is though, people will always know that my daughter has a disability. She's like, you can't, you can't hide it. It's there. It's there's nothing about her that screams, you know, I don't have a disability. You know, it's right mm-hmm, there. Typical age. There was mm-hmm. nothing. There was not, you know, she knew that. She's for you, it's sometimes even more challenging in a way because Liam, I don't know what the word it's like can pass. I don't know. And I say yeah. that with air quotes because no one can see, but he, you know, people have have told parents have come to me. We used to be able to in school observe our children. That went away, but when he was little, we used to be able to go into the classroom for with his program and sit there for a half an hour and see how our kids interact with each other. Some parents couldn't come in because the kids would react in a negative way. But for me, it was terrific. And I used to sit there and I would have, or parents would go one day and text me, Liam's doing great. Like, I don't understand why he's even there. Mm -hmm. And it always like, but I know why he's there. Right. And, you know, so there's reasons. So, so in some ways there is this, you know, people will look at him in the future and think, well, why, why does he need a break? What does mm-hmm. he need a break for? Why Not is he yet. jumping? Like he literally yeah. needs to jump. So it's, it's a strange thing. So you're right. It, there, But there is this guilt with that because I want every kid to be okay. You know, I yeah. always felt so it, it breaks my heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but you're right. We all, we all have something. It's always um, a and, challenge. And, just different. and even it's with, always um, a challenge. you know, em, your Emily and, and my daughter, Kendall, I mean, there are things, you know, with her, she has anxiety. There's all kinds Emily of stuff. Too. I, I feel like everybody has their challenges. It's just something we're more, I can speak for myself, but I'm usually more vocal and more forthcoming about Skylar's because I'm hoping yes. he is you know, to enable this situation as a teaching moment. Like I have to believe yes. that there's something in this, like there's, I'm supposed to be doing something. I don't want to sit home isolated and keep him from the world and keep our story from the world. Somebody's going to relate to it or under- learn something about it that they didn't know before. Cool. So I feel like it's my obligation to share everything, the good and the challenging, just, you know, but it's like, important I'm sure to you do, do that. Mm-hmm. Well, people think they're alone. They always Mm -hmm. think they're alone. The worst day is when you realize that your child is not going to be like all the other kids. Mm -hmm. At first, you know, as life goes on and other moms that I've, especially moms that I have, I follow or I see, you know, I watch you and I see Scout. I cry a lot. (laughs) I cry a lot for your child (laughs) and not, and not always because I feel it's not about feeling bad. It's yeah. just when I see Skylar, I've seen you put something up recently. I was just like, oh my God, it's like every little thing. And, and as the moms with autistic children, you think, oh my, I get it. I get it. Or if Kate, I saw uh, Cooper going food shopping and I'm, yeah. I'm bawling because I, <laughs> I know what that feels like. Yeah. Just, just these little things that everyone takes for granted. Yeah. And it's such, so for us, when you first have the diagnosis, you think of all the things that your child will not be able to do. Mm-hmm. And as time progresses, you start realizing there are all these things that your child will be able to do. Mm-hmm. And you have to hold on to that because you have to kind of flip your mindset where um, when Liam, it's funny, when Liam was first diagnosed, I we are a very big theater family. We love musical theater. I've Me always too. been in theater. We love music. We're mm-hmm. obsessed, obsessed. Um, and as odd as this sounds, when he was diagnosed, I came home. I'll, I forget everything, by the way. I'm just at that age. But I remember him sitting there and he just, we just came home. We put him on the floor and he was doing something. And I didn't cry about him being autistic. I didn't freak out. Um, It just was, you know, it was like, okay, Liam was this kid five hours ago and now Mm -hmm. he has a diagnosis. Um, I have a brother with learning disabilities my entire life. Uh, He, so I kind of knew growing up what it was like. Uh, But I will tell you, it was a few days later, it hit me and I started getting so emotional thinking, I'll never be able to bring him to the theater. Will I ever be able to bring him to the theater? Yeah. And it still sounds a little 
strange. Um, you know, I knew we couldn't go to the same preschool that my daughter went to, which was a co-op where parents go in and they help out. I, I, I'm a, a volunteer, like, that's my career. I volunteer. I give people money for me to work for them. <laughs> um, it's constant. It's constant, yeah. but that's for a different podcast. Uh, no, but, but I definitely, um, you know, and that made me the most emotional because that's, these are things I want to share with my children that I was so afraid I wouldn't be able to. And I realized very early on, there's a way to do everything. Yep. Uh, there's a way, you know, anything you think you can't do, uh, we're big on movies. Uh, so what did I do? Well, I'm not going to bring him to a movie on a Saturday night that's packed with a thousand people. So what do I do on a Tuesday morning? I would bring him to a movie yeah. at the big theater and I would tell the manager, listen, I don't know if we're going to make it through. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, it's like I'm just letting you know. And they, and a couple times, I got my money, and they said, "Here's a gift. Here, you know, this is for another movie." Um, but my point is, you you figure out a way. Well, if you want to go shopping with your child, you go shopping, right. but don't go, you know, at five o'clock in the, the evening. Rush, yeah. Try to try to go at night or go. So there's a way. So if you yeah. could flip that mindset of all the things your child won't be able to do, I'm sure even you have seen things that I mean, I I that just amazes you, you know, I'm, and I know our kids are in different paths. Many of our kids are, things are not always going to be what we ultimately want it to be, but what can we do mm -hmm. to make things better now? Yeah. And I'm a big believer on continually trying. I mean, there were Absolutely. definitely years I'm like, all right, we tried the store, not, not happening. Right. He's hitting people right. like it's not good. Right. Be good. Right. But as they get older, they do. It's just like us, you know, they gradually Evolve. grow out of things and then they maybe develop other things, but yeah. it just doesn't seem as, I don't know, chaotic. I mean, I always thought when he was littler, he was easier to manage, but I kind of feel like now he's easier to manage as an adult because as a kid, I mean, I was running ragged and now we're the same size. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I just feel like I can reason with him and talk to him like an adult. And, you know, he seems to be a little bit better in some areas, but but yeah, all your feelings are valid. And I mean, admittedly, and I'm sure a lot of listeners would agree with me. I'm the same way. There are times I see posts and um, like I mentioned, Carrie or whatever, and I'm super jealous and I'm super like frustrated, but then I'll see somebody post about fecal smearing or something. And I'm like, thank God, I don't have, to I'm, do I don't that. have that. You're I've never had to deal with that. Skylar's really not so bad. And then I feel guilty right. for thinking that right. my kid isn't as bad as their kid. And I feel really yeah. bad for them. So, I mean, we all compare, it. there's no other choice. I mean, so what I've learned from that too, is, you know, I offer compassion. I offer anything I can to those parents, but then I move, I continue to find the families that are similar to mine. And then we all feed off of each other for, you know, experience or to commiserate with one another if we have a, a bad day, whatever it is. Um, but, right. you know, as, as far as kind of like revisiting things, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the communication because um, I know he had first steps, early intervention. Most of our kids end up having that if they're diagnosed early enough um, yes. to three, age three. So did yes. his words with the therapies and stuff, did his words slowly come back? Um, did you do extra things yes. besides like speech therapy? How did that kind of unfold yeah. for you guys? So in, um, well, first in New Jersey, we have very good services. We're very lucky. This is one That's of those good. states where people come. It's when they first get diagnosed, they'll tell you the statistics and how many kids have autism in New Jersey. There aren't that many kids that are from New Jersey. People come to New Jersey gotcha. uh, because of the services. So early intervention. So we ended up um, getting OT, uh, occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech therapy for mm -hmm. Liam um, before he was three. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'd meet with them each week. And basically what would happen was he just, he, he wouldn't do something. It would absorb in his head. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, oh, I could do this. It, it was very strange. His words, he, they thought maybe he had apraxia for mm -hmm. a little while um, because some of his words were, it, it was hard to understand him. Um, and I kept in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, 
he has the words. I've heard them. You know, a lot of a lot of parents never heard their children speak. And I know he has words. Um, I kind of uh, compare it to if your lights go out and you have to like the circuit breaker goes off. It was almost like a circuit breaker goes off and then you turn it back on and it starts powering up and it's not at 100 percent. He just uh, he heard the words. He would try to say the words. Uh we did. Um, we didn't do extra speech until after he got into school. So it was just the speech. But every week we had all three. And one day it was like it was literally like the lights went on and he started saying things. He started. He they were a little opposite though. His name. He would say his name like Lima instead of Liam. Mm-hmm. So things were a little bit, but but little words trickled out of him, like yes and no and and that sort of thing. Very simple words. But this, it was almost like we went to that meeting because when you're, I'm sure this is everywhere, but when you're in New Jersey, when they turn three, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, yeah. or what, you know, you are going to school. It abruptly you're cut ends, off from yeah. early intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're lucky to have had early intervention for a year and a half, where some people aren't even never knew while their children were young enough to have it um and it was as if all of that year and a half culminated into oh I'm going to school now so I guess I should speak it was very strange it was like it was almost like that I went to the meeting for school and then now don't get me wrong this was not like well hello hello mother how are you you know it's not like that (laughs) may I please have some mac and cheese for you know it it wasn't like that was was it clear though that other people besides you could understand him or just his family? Not so much. At first it was a little bit, uh, a little bit backward and a little bit, um, but it was also very simple. So it wasn't, do you want a banana? Yes. He'd say yes. You know, and that wasn't happening before. So it was very strange. So then we had to get into this new mindset of, okay, we got to run with this. We got to run with this. So once he did start third, uh, uh, when he was three, he started preschool, um, which I'll tell you, school is just that 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 was such a different experience because here's a child sitting in a house for a year and a half with one on one every time a therapist came. Not only that, but I sat in on a lot of the therapy sessions to kind of learn my version of ABA to right. be able to do it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and even my daughter got in on the action. So we did a lot of work. And then all of a sudden he's sitting here in a classroom and there's, you know, five aides and there's things on the walls and there's an outside that he can look at. And it was just a whirlwind of, of, of like his, I can only imagine what it was like inside yeah. of his head because he was not used to this. We were very chill in this house and it was like, everything was there. Well, um, and that's where his autism comes in. Like you said before, like that's not bingo. something people visibly can see, but you can, right. you know, he, he's starting to get anxious because there's a lot of stimulation going on and that's there's something he'll crying. have his whole life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, it, and mm-hmm. you know, so it was a, it was a lot. And uh, also we, they will put our children into a, they call it the least restrictive environment. When a child has a, uh, a diagnosis, uh, they will put him in a classroom and then basically let's see how he does. You know, it's like <laughs> they put him in, it's like, you know, setting the, you know, open the, the floodgates and see where it Very goes. reactive so response to it, things. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. It, it was such a strange thing. So he ended up in my district and then uh, slowly but surely, I was seeing that they could not deal with him. They said it was an environment for kids like Liam. Uh, but I noticed very quickly, they just, it was, I knew, I knew a month later when the teacher looked me in the eyes says, you know, he just doesn't have the focus that, and before she even finished her sentence, I said, do you work with kids with autism? I mean, I was like in shock. Like, what do you mean he doesn't have the focus? He's a, they, and I even knew this, not knowing much about it. Of course, he doesn't have the focus. So I explained to her in a very lovely tone. I am a really great, nice, supportive person until yeah. I'm not. I'm sort oh, of that I'm, one. I'm right and there A lot with of you. us are. Right? Uh-huh. It's like I could be your best friend, but really, okay. So yeah. she she's telling me, "Listen, you're taking a kid who's been alone for uh, you know since he was a baby, and you're throwing him in this environment. So he doesn't. I said, does he have someone working with him? And she kind of tilted her head <laughs> like, all right. And right after that meeting, I knew number one, 
that I, this wasn't, he's not staying in this district anymore. I kind of knew. Uh, and number two, he needed a one-on-one aide. And I don't know why he didn't have one. I needed someone to work with him specifically. Um, you know, I always felt like I never wanted teachers w- to be distracted by my child specifically, mm-hmm. but all the kids in the class were similar to him. I just guessed that they weren't distracted by all the things on the walls. It was weird. That's odd that it, it was, I was going to ask weird. you if it was a traditional preschool or it was special needs preschool. It like, wasn't you know- even. It was housed in a preschool. It was housed in a, in a regular school, but it was very, um, I don't know. I looked at the other kids. They all had something. It was a very, but the teacher, I just felt like she was not in tune to what he needed. And quite frankly, most of the kids, it made no sense. That comment alone about how he seems distracted. I literally laughed. It's like, of course he seemed distracted. Yeah. Um, it was not good. And when, when your child gets out of the car and he's crying every day and he doesn't want, you know, he would bring um, an item. Sometimes there's some, you know, you'll bring an item to school that is a comfort item. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've done, you know, something that will calm our kids down or now it's always, now it's fidgets. But back then it was, you know, it could have been a little stuff down or whatever it was. And um, oh, he always is holding this, this <laughs> like, what do you mean he's always holding it? That's why I'm sending it to calm him. So Anyway, for a kid that was not behavioral per se, um, I kind of knew that this environment was not it. And um, anyway, long story short, he, you know, I ended up pulling him out the next year and we never looked back. Um, You know, I never, I I was on this path of, I'm going to do everything Mm -hmm. that this child needs and I'm going to get the best help available. And we're very lucky. there's a program here that uh, most kids who have some autistic, no matter where they are on the, on the spectrum of autism, mm-hmm. uh, this program is just specific to them. And it is just you know, this one-on-one aids for every kid. It's, this is, this is, I know. And I can't even again, fathom what that's like. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And it's, it's crazy. It's, I know. And I feel, again, there's this, I wish everyone could have this because you walk in when I, even when I toured the school, I I know I have to be here. And and mind you, I fought it for a minute because I felt like he had a half day when he first went to preschool. It was, he was in the district. I don't know. It was, it was strange. It's like, it was, it seemed a little intense, but I went to some meetings for other schools that were so they were like in dungeons, like in basements. Yeah. They usually I put them in the people, basement. Exactly. Yeah. Like our kids are garb. Like they're they should be yeah. near the garbage room. Well, they don't want anyone and to see them. Like they're you know, outcasts God or whatever. Forbid. Well, so right. th- the district that he's in now, um, mm-hmm. was it um, kindergarten or elementary school to middle school and to so, now high school? It's the same program. Like kind of you said. It's the same. I think so your- he was in. This program will take you up to twenty one. Okay. Um, which thank thank God. I mean, it is. For parents who have older children, Mm -hmm. it is a a godsend. It's like you don't know what to do, and it Mm -hmm. does. However, what I saw through the years was kids came in and kids went out. Many kids went back to district. Many kids, it was not for them. You know, every kid has their has what they need and don't need. For for us, what was beautiful was this program was housed after uh, after the initial preschool years housed in regular schools right and the reason why it worked was uh the bad news is he was kind of juggled um he was in one school kindergarten first he was in another school from second until eighth however they by the time he got to the middle the kids who came in they ended up having another school so what i'm saying is if liam liam made the cutoff so he got to stay in this particular school, but they branched it to another area. So he could have gone to another school in the middle, but we were very lucky. So kindergarten and first was in one school. Uh, and then he stayed until eighth grade in another. Both were housed within regular uh, elementary schools. And then the other one was elementary slash middle school. Um, the beauty of that for him was he would start his day off in self-contained. We, we, we noticed very early that cognitively he was always very high. It was never, 
he learns things. It, it's scary how fast he can learn things. And that's not surprising, I'm sure to you. They, mm-hmm. People talk about it all the time, you know, kids with autism and, and some of them are quite brilliant and, and they, you know, they absorb information. So Liam, we noticed very early on, could absorb this information. He started reading in kindergarten. I mean, he started reading and reading and reading. And um, so we wanted an environment where he was in a self-contained, which is basically everyone in that class uh, had autism. And there was all the aides lined up, you know, and they worked with all the kids. And then he was able to go out of the classroom for certain, you know, for certain classes. Mm-hmm. We started off with little things like, you know, music class or art to see how he was with the mainstream kids. I don't know if they call it mainstream everywhere, mm-hmm. but you know, I there's like the that. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. mainstream versus the self-contained. Yeah. And he, that was his path. He ended up, I didn't, um, you know, I'm, I'm strange in the sense that, um, I'm the kind of person who, you know, I would never jump in the pool without feeling the water. So I never wanted to uh, throw him into these crazy situations where he had this class and this class with, with kids who are not as disciplined as him as far as his behaviors. He's a rule follower. He's the kid who does every single thing he's told. He's very, you know, and the regular kid he used to come home and say i think that kid's more autistic than i am you know he used to like <laughs> under his breath he's like and they're not because i i did tell him about his autism the second yeah. i could I, he's known his whole life so uh but that's it so his as far as schooling goes he ended up in this program um so partially this program and the other half of the day and as the years progressed i would put him into a little more mainstream classes for the record i kind of hated that I mean I I hated him I felt like it was so there was a lot of pressure um on him and on to be but what was I going to he just he could do it I just always felt bad about throwing so I was very careful Mm -hmm. with how much mainstream I gave him and people did look at me and when I say people just you know other parents or you know it's like well why is why don't you have him in it's like you know what he'll get there. Let me just give me a minute. Let's take this. So he doesn't feel so overwhelmed. Well, it's nice Um, that he can check in with you too. Like, you know, if you can say to him, are you feeling overwhelmed in math? Are you feel, you know, like what, what, how can I help you or whatever though? Cause the worst thing I feel like you can do, if you have a child that can be mainstreamed, I think it's so critical for peer interaction for them to learn socialization, even just the joking around that kids his age do, because our kids sometimes struggle to understand sarcasm and some of those things. So they get such a benefit socially, as well as, you know, from an education standpoint, from the classes, I can only imagine that the polar opposite of that would be to hold him back and keep him in that contained classroom, you know, the majority of the day and only let him go to gym or to art or music or something. And he starts developing behaviors because he's smarter than, yes. you know, you don't want yes. him to like develop bad habits. Cause he's like, I am yep. smarter than this. No offense. This is boring. Well, that's it. underestimating me. So it's a constant yeah. juggle. It was always a constant juggle with what would benefit him. And also you're also dealing as a mom, the battle between your head and your heart. Yeah. Um, what I mean, you know, it's like, your head knows that he should be able to go to math and and just regular math because he has numbers that he can just i don't know he's better at math than i've ever been even in kindergarten i swear mm-hmm. uh but but um but your heart is always i don't want to do too much i don't so you're 100 percent right i don't want to hold him back but i don't want to push him forward so fast mm-hmm. that it causes um, it causes behaviors, you know, like I didn't know what, how that would manifest. And over the years, I've seen how it's manifested. So we, you know, we've, um, his last year in, in middle school was spent at home because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a ball. And um, I don't have <laughs> to tell you or any, any other parent whether you have an autistic child or not, but it, that was a rough time for mm-hmm. so many, yeah. uh, especially kids. Because by the time Liam got to middle school, his he kind of phased out of physical therapy um, because he just did. It was like one of the, they couldn't do much more with him. Um, 
he also occupational therapy. So the two things that he had speech, he kept mostly for the language. And again, what, what sometimes people don't get is the fact that the words that are coming out of your mouth are not, that's not language. Uh, language is basically everything that goes along with it. It's showing you what's up and what's down and what's under and what's over and what's in the, you know, and I think that was something that he struggled with longer, just figuring out. And that's what language kind of was. It yeah. Was, it's the interpretation of things. Yeah. Of everything. So that's, that's the criticism. I mean, we won't even go on that soapbox, but cause Skylar's been in ABA yeah. his whole life, but yeah. that's one of the criticisms yeah. of that is that you don't want to turn them into robots that they can only say, they can only stop at a stop sign if they see it, you know, the way that it is, or it's spoken to them the exact same way every time. I mean, that's just not normal functioning in life. So, you know, I always get nervous about this topic. It's, 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 it makes, you know, it makes me nervous too. And it's, yeah, it's scary. I'm mean, a lot. Yeah. Of yeah. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. Well, um, so yeah. how I, I kind of want to switch gears. I mean, it's, it's okay. along the same lines, but you, you know, have mentioned from the, the age of him even a, being able to hold a pencil is when he really just started yeah. kind of showing a knack for drawing. Um, but when did he kind of develop the whole stick figure? Cause his stick figures are so yeah. cute. I actually ordered some stickers last night. I ordered a couple. I of know. <laughs> so um, but, um, it, it, cause I love them, <laughs> but I just, how did that all kind of, you guys just see that. And Liam always, his what he would do he loves his ipad as they all do and he loved he just loved doodling he always loved doodling and basically a stick figure clearly is something that is easy right i mean it's just a stick figure uh he learned he took art when he you know when they're babies in elementary school they take art and one day he started drawing it but he ended up doing like little animations with it and I think this was I, I mean he we decided that um it was I think he was like nine nine when when stick came about and stick kind of cracked him up because he named him stick because the joke is that my daughter always named all of her stuffed animals what they were so if it's like a bunny it's like what's the bunny's name bunny, bunny. you know it's always like that so it was really funny when he called his stick figure stick and he just started drawing different personalities and different things. And mind you, this has evolved, you know, yes. definitely has evolved, but he started drawing and it was so great because I realized that I, I truly believe that every single child has something, even if, or even an interest, there's something, yeah. mm -hmm. even if it's, you know, some kids love trains, some kids love, you know, so for him, it was always drawing and he always had the iPad. And uh, to this day, he draws with his finger, like on the iPad, just his finger. Oh, so really? everything he makes okay. never used. I bought him the pen, the Apple pen. He will not use it. It just bothers him. So he does everything with his finger and the iPad and he just started drawing. And as he got older a little bit, I started putting him in um, some art, classes which is a whole other you know once I knew he could sit for it I sat there I would sweat you know like he's sitting I literally sat in the art school just sat there they, everyone knew me it's like I'm just gonna sit here for the next hour is that okay um but that's when he started with stick and you know every every year he would develop it, new skills then he started making videos which were hilarious uh the funny thing is Liam does not check the boxes of autism all the time um he always did understand sarcasm very strange well that's he cool. always was really funny it <laughs> is cool it's but not but I think there's a lot of nuances with you know mm -hmm. that are a little nowadays he, he misses some things but he's kind of and he's also hilarious so um he would make these cute little funny things so you know as the years went on the the drawing evolved until one day he started drawing pizza because that's his favorite food and that's when you know, we decided that you know maybe it would be cool to hone in on what he loves and helps him decompress which of course I don't always recommend starting a business with the exact thing that's supposed to help him decompress but then there's the pressure of you better you have to draw this we have you know we have to get this done so it's kind of it's kind of you know mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Sometimes it, it puts a little pressure on him. But um, well, but what made you help him decompress? Yeah. What made you guys think of um, doing Ooh. the business? I know you're a scrapbooker, as am I. Well, um, I'm so disappointed with oh, myself. Oh, my gosh. I did a family book every year from when the kids were born. And then, then in 2015, same. I just got so overwhelmed with life. And then I, yep. I mean, I, I'm still upset about it because I pride myself on the fact that December 31st, the book from the, that year was done same. and I was always on track. And that's just not like me to not be that organized. But so I may just you go the shoulder fry route now. <laughs> just I have thought fry. that a thousand times. Same thing. And <laughs> I mean, if you see, I have a room uh, we, we, we had built an extension and I kept my master bedroom just to have, yep. just to have, I, have, a whole setup still. I mean, I have more stickers yeah. than are imaginable. Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're like, we're like the same person. I, it's unbelievable how many stickers need to sell all of my creative memory washi stuff. tape. Oh, yeah. People do get into the creative memory black hole and it, I know yes. it, but that's listen, a sidetrack. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So no. So I had always been a scrapbooker. Um, my daughter as well. Like when she was little, we started doing that together. So it, I had. Um, so there are two main machines that people use at home: a Cricut mm-hmm. and a Silhouette. And I had a Cricut. And one Christmas, I know Christmas Hanukkah. We do all the holidays. My husband bought a Silhouette, which is similar. I, I don't know why he bought it. It sat in a box. Um, it was sweet of him, but like, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what I would do with it. Anyway, I'm, there's a silhouette sitting here. My cricket, uh, we have a, we had decided as a family. So you asked, how do we decide? I, I sat there thinking, what can I do for Liam that would empower him? That would make him feel like he was doing something special. And I just felt like this was his thing let's do something fun that is about him. And it was so strange. So it's 2019 and it was November and I sat at the table with my daughter. So this was, you know, my daughter's now 21, Mm -hmm. Liam's 15. So a few years ago we sat there I thought maybe we should make stickers. I love stickers. Stickers are fun. I'm sitting here with these machines. Funny, the second I said that my cricket completely died. Um, the, The machine I've had forever and I knew how to use, but I still have a silhouette. And that literally, I just like, is that crazy? Is that is that crazy? Should we do something? And anyway, from is that crazy to let's think of a name, let's, you know, and we started discussing it. And I decided early on, you know, let me do something with my kids that they could they could love. And uh, the, the unfortunate thing is, you know, we were debuting this business, which by the way, I did not know how to use that silhouette for anything. I did not know how to cut stickers. I had no idea what I was doing. Not a clue. <laughs> um, he made a few things that were cute and I just cut them with my hands at first. And, uh, so I set out to learn this and now it's December. And then I said, I didn't think it would be a big thing. I just thought, let's just do it. Well, of course, we're debuting for autism. Um, now it's autism acceptance. It was called yes. autism awareness for a while. Now it's acceptance uh, in April of 2020. I'll just pause there. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, when my book pre-launched. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I mean, who knew? Who knew? Uh, so what ended up happening, we didn't ever expect, was that from March 13th on, we're home. Uh, that was something. And I'm, I mean, even looking back, I'm, it was amazing how that happened though, because at first you think, well, what are we doing? We can't launch this business. But then I thought it's a home-based business. It's online too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had, it was a godsend (laughs) and there's a few things I needed to scramble to do in March that I think I would have probably waited even little things like get a mailbox and cause who, cause we were stuck home. And after that I had no so, and that's literally how it was. It was at our kitchen table. We decided to do it. We came up with the name. I and that was and that was it. Um, Liam's drawings at the time, and I did. I still, listen to. I still know what I'm doing. Kind of. I don't know. But we're working on it. So Liam's drawings at the time were very simple. Um, the funny thing now is that we have set out to redo everything we did back then because he has evolved so much in his artwork uh so what turned out to be a little stick figure is now you know if you look through it's unbelievable like now stick will always be the basic 
mm-hmm. our guy, right? But now Stick has muscles if he needs to. We have, you know, I the love Marvel the, universe. The and- playbills. I'm like, I almost ordered those last night, but I, I, I want them all. So I'm like trying to figure I'll out you, whatever. I'll send you a little stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, I just love I the you. Hamilton one. And like, Annie, it, the, the, the thing about it that I love so yeah. much is that even though it's a stick figure, when I looked, just glanced at your three pages of playbills, I knew every single musical. It, I knew just from the drawing, like itself, the Annie one, especially Hamilton, of yeah. course, Wicked. Like I could tell exactly what they were. And I'm just yeah. like, this is so cool because it shows how he thinks, you yes. know, just uniquely. And, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I put them all over my laptop. Like I, like I told you, and, um, when I'm writing my books and doing things and doing the podcast, mm-hmm. they're all over it. And people stop me and they're like, that's really neat. And so I tell them, you know, where I got them, but it's just, it's a conversation starter that's too. Awesome. And um, I love it. So I highly encourage listeners. If you, if you aren't familiar with the sticker spectrum, go to their website. It's 17 pages worth of stickers and they're not all, I know it's they're not all the stick figure too. I ordered the Lotus right. ones and um, the, the calm yoga ones or whatever. I love those. My and, new favorite. Um, yeah. And then they have uh, the bubble teas, like he drew those. And then I love that you guys do a monthly sticker pack. Like it's we do a every quote, month. like a quote. Sheet. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. We just those decided cool. we, we, we like, we like uh, positive messages and it's really nice to be able to share that with the world. We're trying to get better. I've, I've definitely vowed this, you know, once my, once my, uh, online social media guru decided to go to college, uh, I need to get myself in gear a little bit. So we want to, we want to share quotes and, but yeah, we do a monthly quote sheet, which has been terrific. And yeah, his, we're not doing so much stick anymore because Mm -hmm. you know, it's cute. Some, some of it, but he really, his designs and even the bubble tea, for example, we did bubble tea. We love bubble tea. Uh, the ones he did before on Fridays, uh, now we're going to do a now and then post which is basically to show everyone how things were two years ago or three years ago and it is like it's beyond anything he's just an amazing artist and he shades and I mean listen he's not drawing portraits but he is taking he's in art school now and he's starting to learn how to draw people more and I could only I think it could only get better and better um so yeah the sticker I mean it's been great we do hope to evolve a little I do have a dream of of making more products uh Mm -hmm. more for occupational therapy purposes things like dress a stick which is something that I've wanted to do forever where Liam drew all the clothing and it would be great for kids who just are learning how to put a and like magnetic something easy something you could pick we'll up order so, it. you know so <laughs> we yeah, just started I know, back and into that, ot and that would be huge yeah it's us. great though you know that's exactly it yeah to be able to do something interactive fun. little kids exactly would love it it's fun i i loved those little right. magnet paper doll things that i had and all and the color it was forms. in like a multiple box yes color oh my god i mean i'm now, aging myself now i'm but dating I'd love to myself color form. yeah well yeah, it sounds like color forms are terrific since emily was helping you with all that stuff too it's even though they have a six-year age difference it sounds like they have quite a relationship and probably always have has she kind of been like a little mama to him since she was six when he was around first it's hard to it's it's almost it's hard to explain the love between the two and I I think I was so worried you know and and actually that was your I I did read your I actually listen because I never read um I listen listen to my voice for four hours I I, I was fine though but what what made me it's funny I can listen but when you started talking about your daughter it got me very emotional Mm -hmm. because the siblings are the lost children yeah. and the siblings of of autistic kids they're just lost children and these two I never thought with such an age difference they could have so much in common and the love they have is just like I've never seen uh yeah and he she used to set up you know her ABA sessions with him and, <laughs> and teach him in her room and you know it was so beautiful and even it, it never and it never strayed from that you know people have kids who fight it's like we, they're not fighting because first of all Emily would be not the nicest kid if she's fight I mean it's frustrating sometimes let's be honest yeah there are days they're but annoying but so are in, all siblings <laughs> so we're all siblings they're all so, annoying. yeah she is phenomenal <laughs> and 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 honestly she missed out on a lot of things we couldn't do a lot when he was younger um now what's kind of beautiful is Emily and I are we're well I've always been a big music 
person and theater. And uh, Emily and I go to co- so many concerts. It's almost, it, yeah, I, yeah, uh, so many concerts. <laughs> but now Liam has gotten into it. So now oh, she nice. can share. It took a while because loud music and, you know, we, we kind of worked up to it. But uh, now she gets to share that with her brothers. So I think, uh, thank, I'm so, so grateful for her and how she is so wonderful with him and patience. Uh, it's just hard that she's in school now. You know, mm-hmm. it's been a little rough for him. Yeah, I'm sure uh, he misses To him. not have her home. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, do you, um, I, I didn't read all of your 30 days, um, but you started mm. a blog. Did you just start that last year? Or no, like no. We, it'll be our 12th year. 12th year. Oh, okay. We started. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah. I missed that part. I got, yeah, I did no, this year yeah. or the 30 days, um, of that, um, the Instagram, you... you know why it's not all up. I have to put it on the blog. I, I have it on my, my private account. Uh, so I decided so many people ask questions all the time. My, my favorite was when it was the holiday break and Liam had therapy through holiday break. And someone said, Oh, he even has therapy during the break. It's like, well, He's still autistic during the break. It's like <laughs> That's kind of funny. Like, and in August, when they don't give you any services in August, like still autistic. So uh, I decided it would be great to just give a little glimpse into our lives and Liam's life. And listen, this is only a time. Autism, it's very funny. I know you know this, but, you know, autism awareness we're aware every single day. I know. So thank my you good friends, much, you know, the disorderly blondes <laughs> always say every April, they're like, we're aware. Oh, <laughs> That's like their it. big tagline. We get it. We yeah, are aware. I agree. We and I agree. But <laughs> an acceptance, I accept, I accept. So, but we just decided to kind of open up his life and show everyone what he's up to. And sometimes it was, it was, we try to be positive, but I also want to throw in the negative because it's not all, you know, sunshine and moonbeams all the time. And as he gets older now, he loves 30 days of lamb. It's his month. He now tells me what he'd like, what pictures he'd like to show. He does some videos, but also I've had to discuss with him. Do you want to talk about, you know, as, as he gets older, he's had anxiety is getting to be a lot and it's been harder for him and also you know high school a lot of pressure uh so we try to we I try very much to respect him and his wishes but he's been terrific about revealing some things about himself that maybe he wants people to understand you know autism isn't just hey I went to the theater today and I sat through the whole thing and you know it's also the anxiety of I have to go to the theater and sit through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. It's like, yeah. it's, yeah, so we got ab- it, but it's hard. Are you able to have conversations with him um, about the future? Like maybe what he wants to do? Does he want to be an artist? Does he want to um, be, be a, um, a um, animator or something at Disney? Like, I mean, what is it that he wants to do or does he want to live on his own? I mean, do those conversations come up at 15? They come him? up all the time. Really? Okay. Yes. When I, when I mentioned before that I told him he was autistic when he was little or has autism, I'm sorry. I know. I, I don't know which the, yeah. So it's, he's known forever, his whole Mm -hmm. life. Um, The problem is that he will say to me, they had a a career class when he was at home in eighth grade and he he would get off the zoom and say, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I wondered if that causes anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, and right now we, I, I hate to say this out loud, but he'll be taking driver's ed in a few weeks. Oh, and wow. Also, well, that's good. We're looking, oh, I, I mean, know. I'm sure it's he all anxiety for he doesn't you. want to drive. <laughs> he doesn't want to drive. He, he, all these kids are dying to drive. He's like, you know, I'll take it. Well, I'm going to drive just yet. No pressure. Uh, but we, we just started looking at colleges. I mean, yeah. I, he is that kid, but uh, he doesn't know what he wants to do. I've explained at 15 or at 52, you don't know. And you know, <laughs> it's, you don't always know. So yes, we have the conversations and no, he's not sure, but the things we we've put into, we've listed what he loves, which is art. Uh, he also is phenomenal with kids. Phenomenal. Like he loves them. He, they flock to him because he's very, He's like a big teddy bear. And uh, so we don't know. I think he'd be great at teaching, but I, I don't know if he would be that, able yeah. to deal with it out. I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of school. But maybe he can and teach I, yeah. in a room like he had or something because he can relate. Right. I always just think it's so cool if they are able to 
interact with young kids that were like them. So they, I don't know. I just feel like kids would gravitate towards someone like that. Cause they, and they the rest do. of us try to and say, I do. understand. I know how you feel. No, you don't. You have no clue nope. what it's like in this body. Well, and they need, and I agree with you hundred percent. They need more people like that. And mm-hmm. even in his program, there have been some adults who work there who actually are on the spectrum, yeah. which has been a beautiful thing. So yeah, he, I mean, so we're not sure, but we can have the conversation and we're just going to wait and see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it takes him. Uh, he's good at a lot of things. But he doesn't always love the things that he's good at. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah, it does. I, I just I, I partly ask because you know, obviously, if you've listened to my podcast, I've had a lot of people on lately because we're at age twenty yeah. ish. We're almost there. Yes. And um, it's a lot of, a lot of questions I get to ask other people are you know kind of what are your plans and what, because Skylar will yes. live with us forever and that's fine and I yes. I totally have accepted that. But for parents that have children that have the ability to possibly live with some roommates, you know, nearby you or whatever that can have some independence. If that weighs any less on you or equally as much, I mean, I think we're always moms and we always are a lover and like, you know, make sure that they, you know, understand paying bills and all the things. Yeah. I don't feel live away at school. Uh, I don't really, I don't know. You know what? I never want to say never. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I never want to say never, but I think what we always do is set ourselves up for success and not failure. So if college is in the cards, which it looks like it is, he will go sort of local. Uh, and also he will not live on campus the first semester. Mm-hmm. If he goes, he loves it. He meets someone different story. Making friends has always been you know, an issue. And it's like that for a lot of our children. Uh, but we're going to take it like kind of one step at a time. We're hoping, listen, I would love, I would love if he met someone terrific and he ended up getting a roommate. Do I think he'll live with me forever? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But I do joke about building a tiny house in my backyard. I so said the we'll same see. thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm you know. kind of in this place now where I'm glad he doesn't want to be away from his mama, you know, like, yeah, I get tired of changing pull-ups. I'm sick and tired of like feeding, I know. doing all this stuff. Sure. I'd like someone yeah. else to do it, but they're not going to do it as well as I can. I mean, <laughs> uh, I know that's for a whole so, other hour. Trust that's me. a control thing that, that I'll never get rid of, but, uh, and just... I have the same control thing. <laughs> School was that control thing. And I still can't yeah. don't want to get rid of, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I, you know, I do have a lot of hope for that for the future mm-hmm. uh but i'm there i'm no, more nervous than i was ever ever before so yeah. adulthood is not doesn't make me happy that's good that's really good <laughs> I and mean, i i am happy to know that there'll be someone like liam out there and you guys like educating the world even more like how capable our kids are and no matter their level of severity Absolutely. they're capable of ever, anything they put their mind to and anything. um you know i just can't just wait. give them a chance yeah just see what tyler it might he might be 40 when we figure out what his like vices okay. or what his favorite thing is but yeah you know, i'll it's wait okay. <laughs> hopefully i'll still be here <laughs> i don't know i'll be pretty let's, old by then <laughs> hope we all are but yeah no i yeah. think it's fantastic just don't well, lose hope never yeah. never lose hope yeah well i mean that kind of leads me into just kind of wrapping things up i mean if, is there something that we've kind of talked about this along the way um, that you want the world to know and the listeners to know about raising um, a child on the spectrum, like Liam, like you've said, you know, never lose hope. You've said support anything that they're interested in, which hopefully we all try to do or aiming to do. But um, is there anything else that you have learned in these 15 years about parenting on the spectrum (laughs) that you want to share? I think I I honestly believe that the first step is acceptance. I think Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy to kind of uh, think that, oh, we'll worry. We don't have to worry about therapy. We don't have to do this. I think that tackle it head on, Mm -hmm. you know, take a deep breath. If you need to go speak to someone to get it out of your system or to, you know, to kind of keep yourself mentally uh, stable because it's hard. It's a hard thing. It's emotional and it's exhausting, but take the bull by the horns, you know, don't live in denial because it's not going to help your child. And once you start on that road, you will see amazing things happen and don't keep your child home all the time. I know it's easy, but you know, you don't want to necessarily bring a child who has tantrums to a restaurant, but you go at the right time. Right. I think that's talk to the management. Can Mm -hmm. we sit here? There's no reason our kids have to be hidden from the world. And the more the world sees our children, hopefully 
that acceptance will come. And you know what? If they don't accept, there's always going to be someone who doesn't. But don't worry about them. Don't worry about them because they're going to. You're, you'll find someone who'll say, "Wow, I didn't." You know, and mm-hmm. answer questions. When people yeah. ask questions, sometimes you know they're afraid to approach or they don't. You know, I it's and it's okay to answer them and it's okay to feel yeah. proud. You know, it's hard. Days are hard. I'm. I who am I telling you? You know, um, but just just really just stick with your child be very supportive fight like you've never fought before no mm-hmm. matter what occurs fight and that's you know that my best advice also is never sign anything in the meetings <laughs> go home <laughs> and absorb it because that's true. usually at 15 days yeah. and never sign anything when you feel emotional you need to go home you need to read it you need to breathe have a cup even of coffee a- or wine or whatever <clears throat> it takes even a diagnosis or even being at a doctor's office I, I feel, still feel like we're still of the generation, like our parents who don't question a physician if they say, exactly. or, you know, a medical professional, if they're like, this is, this is the diagnosis, this is what we need to do. We need all these medicines. We need the, whatever route. Right. I, I take the prescriptions. I take the, take the, whatever, um, but I research right. the hell out of everything and they hate people like me, right. <clears throat> but, um, me I, too. Just, I'm I same. ask questions of people. I, I do my due diligence before I just accept yes. because I've been proven right many a time that yes. what I thought it was and what they said it was, I was right. And right. Um, you just, that mother's intuition, you can never ever it. dismiss it. You should always 100%. listen to it. Even if you're wrong, at that least is, you feel exactly. better that you didn't ignore it. So, or find someone, you know, who could help you then mm-hmm. if you need to bounce it off of someone, you know, just, just do it. Try to find a group, try to find a community because that will really, that's half the battle is to find, yeah. surround yourself with people who, who understand. So, and you know, people but always who maybe like, you know, I love being friends with you and following so many people who situation isn't like mine because for the days yes. that it's, you know, maybe a little jealousy tinge comes in. I also am like hopeful. It just gives me more hope that, you know, all of our kids evolve in some way in their own time. So, you know, I don't know. It just, it makes me smile no, too exactly. to see his drawings and just different things. Um, I think it's important to see the the bigger picture and not just everybody that has the same issues that you do because yeah. it'll get daunting and it'll get depressing. <laughs> If you're seeing all the negative and, the and stuff every day. So just kind of unplug a little bit. <laughs> so, like yeah. Well, thank you so very much. I, um, I'm so glad we got to know each other better. And, um, and I, I, again, I, I will link up your website and your social media oh, handles, but if you guys have not checked out the sticker spectrum, it will make you smile. I promise. And the stickers are so cute. And I actually am so excited now to see the then and now that's interesting and all the things yeah. you guys have planned. So no pressure, but it's like, fine. hurry up. <laughs> I'm I, just well, I also have an autistic designer. So, you know, <laughs> I know it's on a his lot time. of homework, a He'll lot of homework, <laughs> but we do the best we can. We do the best we can. Yeah. Deadlines are not great with us, but we do. Yeah. That. <laughs> we'll see that. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.